streaming reviews. I'm your host, Demo. My co-host is Joe Taylor. This is episode 76. Welcome back, Demo. Welcome back, listeners. Uh, we've got some fun stuff. trombones and da-da-da-da. What is that, no, a song? It's from the Music Man. Oh, 76. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You were saying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it says right here, open with musical number. I yeah. thought you were kidding. <laughs> Anyway, let's talk about something that was nominated for six Emmys. Yeah. It came out sort of of nowhere, although I don't know if I would have known it was coming anyway. It just appeared one day during uh, the latter part of the COVID uh, disruption, especially here in Los Angeles. We're kind of all over the place now, but towards the end of last year, was it? I don't know what we're talking about. Beginning of this year. This is a comedy special slash variety special called inside by Bo Burnham, Bo Burnham inside, Bo Burnham inside. He and always it came put... out May 30th. Did it really? It yeah. seems like it was a year ago. No, no, it came okay. out just a few months ago. And he does always put his name in the title. You're right. Yes. Uh, so Bo Burnham inside. Uh, this is on Netflix. Have you seen this? I have watched it. Okay. You want to go first? Well, what is your history with this guy? What do you know about him? So I really liked What, which was a, a comedy special. But if you don't know Bo Burnham, he does a lot of stuff. He sings. He does silly songs or parody songs. He does... Uh, he's always on the keyboard. He's always, a lot of times on the keyboard, he does a lot of bits. Uh, this one was pretty music heavy. And it's just him. There's no audience. He's just out in his little... Uh, I don't know if it's like a guest house or, or what it is, but I want to get into that in a little bit. Okay. All right. So it's just him and he did it all himself. He wrote it, directed it, edited. I it. mean, he did everything himself. Yeah. This is an example of like a, a DIY comedy special. DIY, but yeah, this D- is DIY. Thank you. This is what all of us said we were going to do during uh, quarantine is make something really cool or learn a language or write. He made this and he got six Emmy nominations for it. It's an hour and 27 minutes. Yeah. For me, a little long for a comedy special. Sure. Saying it could have been an hour. Yes, I agree. That's my only problem with it. Other than that, I think it's pretty brilliant. Yeah. Amazing, honestly. The talent in this guy to crank this out in what is, I guess, the guest house? Because here's the thing. If this <laughs> is his house, I thought about this while I'm watching it, because he makes this one room and you'd swear like a full-on Hollywood production studio. Yeah. Like he's a total gearhead. He manages to do some amazing technical things. I mean, I know what it takes for me just to make this podcast happen. Like, you know, oh, how am I going to plug this in the wall? I don't know how this guy does this. I mean, he's really talented on two levels, technically and comedically. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like to pull this off by yourself in this room. Now, that's the thing about The Room is he's a working comedian. He acts in movies. If this is his house, I'm moving, okay, yeah. because it's not very big. And if I looked at it correctly, he doesn't even have central air, okay, because I could <laughs> see, like, the air conditioning register up on the ceiling, and I go, that's not central air right there. 
It's hey, got to be a guest house. Right? He made that movie eighth grade, too, which did very well. This doesn't seem to be his main house. No. If it's his main house, I feel sorry for him. <laughs> okay? All right. We could Maybe we could find out between now and next episode. Because, like, oh, I did it in my house. I go, is that your house, man? Because it's a sad yeah. house. It is. I'm just saying, it's like, it's like one narrow room with the kitchen at the end, right? And yeah. he's sleeping on a, like a, a pull-out futon or something. It's like a casita or something is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it's just attached to his normal big house. I hope he's got like, this is like a mansion. This is where the maid's quarters and he kicked them out or something. Yeah. I don't know. But that's what I kind of focused on during this thing. But I, I, I want to set that aside though. Just to settle this once and for all. It is his guest house. I didn't really know much about him other than, oh, the guy that does the keyboards and the songs, and, you know, he's very popular. He's a millennial, right? But he has, like, an existential crisis. Did I say that right? Is that right? No, no, No? not even close, but I know what you mean. Say it for me. Existential. Thank you. Crisis. I appreciate it. Yeah. I don't know whether it's staged or not, but he seems to have a breakdown in this thing. Well, who didn't? I mean, he probably made this exactly a year ago for probably May through... August of 2020, I'm guessing, is when he made this. So He turns 30 in the middle of it. By himself. By himself. Yeah. I thoroughly also enjoyed the uh, live reaction to a video. You know, because where he was playing the video game as himself. Well, no, but where where he's like, I'm going to react to the video. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it just keeps playing ad nauseum (laughs) of him reacting to that, reacting to that. I mean, there's a lot of creative things going on in this. My favorite part was when he played a video game as himself. And the options were like, play the piano, sit down, cry. Try opening the door. Try opening the door. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. He totally put social media on blast, too, which I think is good because people are starting to realize how destructive all this stuff is. White woman's Instagram. Yeah, that and like, you know. He's got a lot of material here. A lot of material. He makes me feel bad about myself, honestly. Because like you said, like, I'm going to make something. I'm going to be productive during the pandemic. Did you write a book? I didn't write a book. Uh, I didn't do a whole lot. I did this stupid podcast. Right? Yeah. This guy churned out an hour and a half of A-plus insightful comedic material. Yeah, there's not a lot of weak spots in this thing. No. And, and he also, don't forget to mention, he also has like lighting design in it uh, and visual effects and, and all kinds of stuff that I don't know. I mean, I guess if you were locked in a room for a year, that's what you should be doing is learning all that stuff. I feel like he knew how to do it already, though. Because, I mean, just the stuff he gets away with, like I said, in that tiny little room, it makes it look like it's a Hollywood studio. It's crazy. And also, it's like, I know this is silly, but, I mean, he obviously has a timer on his camera that can do zooms and dollies. Because if he's the only one doing it, he's got to have something set up on that camera, like a timer that, you know, moves the camera. Because there's no one else there. And so many of his shots are professionally done. Well, it like, could be uh, in post also. You can push in and post. You and think? Ken, Ken Burns it, yeah. I don't know, man. It looked like a camera move to me. Well, it could be. And they're also, I mean, we weren't there. There could have been other people in the room too. I mean, he says he was by himself. I say there's probably 75% chance he wasn't literally by himself the entire time they made that. Maybe. I don't know. It's a risk-taking special for sure. It's not for everybody. But if you want to watch something different, that's going to make you think and make you laugh. I mean, I laughed, man. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That was it. I laughed yeah. a lot. And like I said, he is skewering everybody in his generation. Yes. That so, was nice. 
Bo Berman inside. This is the first thing I've ever really seen him done in its entirety. I've only seen him in a couple movies and, you know, here and there, but never like an hour and a half of like, it's just me and Bo in a room. Yeah, his special what was a little bit like this, but it was in front of a live audience, but also a lot of lighting effects and stuff too. Uh, if anyone wants to know what it's rated, it's not rated, of course, but it's a little bit filthy sometimes, but he when he goes filthy, like that is kind of the joke. He doesn't just swear all the time or talk about gross stuff, but when he does, it is as a joke, so it's not as... It's passable for a PG-13 audience, I think. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Now, we went on Rotten Tomatoes to get the score, and Rotten Tomatoes is down. <laughs> but we think the critics were somewhere between 91 and 100%, and the audience was somewhere around with them. Because I had peeked at it the other day, I just forgot. It has a 93 with critics and a 94 with audiences. One of our listeners, Greg Golden, he recommended it to me. He goes, check it out. I think you'll find it interesting. It absolutely was. Bo Berman, Inside, streaming now on Netflix. I think we both agree it's a binge. We do. It's also Bo Burnham. What did I not, say? Not Berman. Berman. You've been Burnham? saying Burnham. B-U-R-H-A-M, right? Burnham. Yeah, Burnham. It's, like Burnham up. Have I been saying Berman? You've been saying Burham. Burham. Either way. If you way. listen to this show, you know names are not my thing. Okay? So, yeah. Bo, I apologize. <laughs> People will be looking for it like, no, it wasn't Burnham. What did Demo say it was? I can't find it. Just get this other guy. Anyway, it's a binge. Okay, so this next thing just kind of came out of nowhere, too. I'm not sure if this is attached to some of these other series, but this is called This Is Pop, and it's a docuseries on Netflix. There's eight episodes. They're all about an hour, a little bit longer, some of them. This is kind of like a history of pop music in a docuseries, and each of the eight episodes is about something different. So let me just read you the title of the episodes so you'll know kind of how it goes. Cool. The Boys to Men Effect, Auto-Tune, Stockholm Syndrome, When Country Goes Pop, Hail Britpop, Festival Rising, What Can a Song Do, and finally The Brill Building. This is eight completely different takes on pop music, um, how it really started to evolve and going all the way back to, you know, well, Boys to Men was one of the earliest, but even where did, you know, what came before them that they liked, uh, how the boy bands kind of modeled after Boys to Men, all of this stuff. So it's incredibly interesting if you like music, especially if you uh, have any musical background, a lot of it will make more sense. But they interview just about everybody. I mean, think of a musician, there's a talking head with them. I've seen about half of these. I'm going to watch the rest, but it's completely interesting. Now, do you have any kind of interest in like music? Did you play an instrument or anything? I sort of played the drums and that like I hit things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I have no musical talent whatsoever. I wish I did. I can't sing. I can't keep a beat. I can't dance. No way. I cannot play an instrument. I wish I could. I just don't have it in me, man. Okay, well... It sucks. I know that you like listening to music. Though. I love listening to music. And I know you're very musical. I am, yeah. Um, what's something you like listening to now? I know you like Duran Duran, but well, like lately. Lately? Yeah. I've listened to like Fiona Apple's latest album, and that's already over a year old. I'm not oh. particularly current. Like, if you want me to know about that Rodrigo girl, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know her first name. What's her name? I have no idea. Uh, the kid from Modern Family? Olivia Rodrigo. Okay, I don't know who that is. Right, she's huge right now. 
Don't know a single song. Okay. I'm not cool. I'm not hip. Well, they don't get all the way up to like Bieber and stuff, but it really more is about pop developing in the 80s and 90s and 2000s. So it kind of leaves off the whoever you just said and Selena Gomez and that type of stuff. There's not a lot of that um, garbage that they play on the radio. Do you now. get a lot of 80s stuff, though? Yeah. What about 90s? Yes. Okay. Would you get into like rock of the nineties or no. strict? Oh, so you're not going to talk to Nirvana or anything? No, it's pop. It's pop, just pop. pop. Oh, yeah. Okay, eh, I'm a rock guy. One of the most interesting things was when they were talking to T Pain, and you know he's famous for his auto tune. You know, I'm on a boat, that type of stuff. His crazy auto tune, and uh, he was talking about how that kind of pigeonholed him because he's an amazing singer. I don't know if you know that about T Pain. But he's like, these are the songs that hit, and now everyone thinks I can't sing because it's all this cartoony thing. So stuff like that. I don't know. It's more interesting to watch it than it is to hear me describe it. I'll check it out for sure. Yeah, this is pop. Watch them here and there. They're evergreen, and they're pretty interesting. About an hour each on Netflix. This is pop. I say it's a binge. Okay, Demo, what do you got? Well, I got something kind of similar. I have a six-part docu-series on Hulu, half-hour episodes. So you're looking at about three hours. It is McCartney 321, and it's a sit-down with Paul McCartney and Rick Rubin. Oh, Rick Rubin, very big. He's also in this other thing quite he a is. bit. Rick Rubin is like probably the most prolific producer of the last 30 years. Yep. You say everybody's worked with him. Yep. And if you don't know who he is, you've seen him. He looks like Santa Claus meets Gandalf meets like Rip Van Winkle. Like he's very recognizable. No? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's accurate. So it's just him and McCartney in a studio. It's shot in black and white. And they just basically break down all of McCartney's songs with the Beatles. Some of his solo stuff with Wings. But primarily the Beatles. And they break down the tracks. It really gets into the minutia of songwriting, the inspiration behind the songs. It's pretty fascinating. And I got to say, I'm not even a Beatles guy. So this is very granular, it sounds like. I think if you're really into music, this is for you. It gets pretty esoteric with how music is made. Now, are you a Beatles guy? Yeah, yeah, I Uh, guess. I only have Abbey Road. You know what I mean? But the thing is, you watch it. And even if you're not a Beatles person, you're like, oh, my God, I know that song. Oh, my God, I know that song. They had so many hits. Of course, who am I kidding? The Beatles. But I know there was only so like hits. six bands at that time, though, too. Yeah, but I mean, these guys churned it out. And you see it's like the evolution of like their songwriting abilities and everything. It's pretty good, man. I got to say. And I was like, I don't know, man. Three hours total of just Paul McCartney talking about his music. And I'm not even really a fan. Like if it was about like Zeppelin or something. I'd be like, oh, my God. But it's just the Beatles. And like I said, I'm not really, a, you know, nothing against them. I'm not like, oh, I don't like the Beatles. Just not a giant fan. Still fascinating, though. Just like how different songs are created, where the, you know, the inspiration for things come from. Like, you know, it was like yesterday. He had it in a dream. He wrote that song really? from a dream. I thought that was uh, Hey Jude that was from a dream. All I know is no. they didn't really get into Hey Jude. Maybe they didn't get into Hey Jude. I can't remember. But I know yesterday he was just like, wow, that just came to me in a dream. I wrote it down when I woke up in the morning, and look what happened to it. Yeah, funny story about Hey Jude real quick. Uh, Penn Gillette, you know, of Penn and Teller. Yeah. 
He, uh, I don't know if he still has a podcast, but he used to have one, uh, Sunday School with Pendulette. It was pretty interesting. Probably not around anymore. This was a long time ago. Anyway, he talked about when, when he was on The Apprentice. You know, this was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. He was on The Apprentice, and whenever some of the celebrities would start talking about something that they really didn't want to be used, you know, they said something on camera they didn't want to be used, or they got into a conversation uh, that was supposed to be private. Somebody would start singing "Hey Jude" because they knew they that they the rights they to can't it. use it. <laughs> so they couldn't use the clip if someone was singing "Hey Jude" while they were calling each other. You know, what a, whatever. So that's an interesting thing. You know what probably would have made this better, even though I haven't seen it? Uh, if Dana Carvey was Paul McCartney in the show. <laughs> that would have, like... Because then there's really something for everyone. Right. But, but you're just stuck with the original Paul McCartney, unfortunately. He's ready to talk, though. He's not something going, oh, trying to coax something out of it, man. He's a blabbermouth. Yeah, Most that of it is Rick. It's him talking and Rick Rubin going, like, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of Rick Rubin going, yeah. Just mm-hmm. saying. <laughs> okay. But like I said, man, I enjoyed it not thinking I would. It was one of those things where I was like, oh, man, I got to have something to review. And they were plugging it on TV. And I was like, all right, three hours. I'll, I'll churn through it. I did it in three episodes each night. And uh, it was worth it. And like we discussed previously, you know, I have no musical talent. So there were elements that were over my head. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like I said, it really goes deep into how songs are written. If you're a Beatles fan, you're probably already going to watch this, or you've seen it already. If you're a a fan of music and how music is created, especially these huge pop songs, right? Yeah. I mean, the Beatles. But you're not a huge Beatles fan, and uh, we've established you don't have a big background in music theory, yet you thoroughly enjoyed this. Yes, I did. Well, there you go. I I did. Also, I want to point out, lots of archival footage. It's not just the two of them, you know, in the studio. They cut to a lot of archival footage. And then yeah. he talks about his relationship with all of the Beatles, you know, John, Ringo, George. By the way, I will say, George Harrison is my favorite Beatle. Sure. Well, he's the, he's the only one that was really musically talented. What are you talking about? They, I mean, yeah. for me, though, George Harrison is the one with the most musical talent. That's what I just said. I know, but I'm not <laughs> saying that you, you're making something other guys aren't. I mean, well, McCarthy you know, they, and Lennon were the two biggest songwriters of their time. You know, someone asked, I think it was John Lennon, they asked him if Ringo was the best drummer in the world, and he said, he's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> True. <laughs> True story. Not, uh... Well, John not, Lennon was kind no, of an asshole. They're no queen as far as musical talent, that's for sure. You think queen is better than the Beatles? Well, musically talented, yes. So do I. Yeah, I everyone does. I think queen does. is... A, do they? I think they the, went to like Juilliard or Oxford or something for me. All of them are like classically trained. Freddie Mercury's not classically trained. No, maybe not him. But um, uh, is Brian, Brian May. May classically trained? Oh yeah, really? Yeah. None of the members of Queen were classically trained. However, fun fact: Brian May is also an astrophysicist. Look, all I know is you got to give it up to the Beatles because their music was pretty diverse. But so's was Queen's. I mean, I'm just saying, like, the Beatles are a hu- like the most popular band of all time, and you and I right here between the two of us are trying to make the argument that Queen is a better band. A- am I clear on that? And it doesn't matter if Queen's a better band. Um, anyway, this thing, you liked it? Yes. It and is th- McCartney 321, six 30-minute episodes streaming right now on Hulu. If you love music or the Beatles, it's a binge.
All right, rest in peace, Paul McCartney. He'll be missed. Paul is not dead. Um, okay, anything that you're looking forward to? Um, I just noticed today I didn't get a chance to review them or watch them, but I will uh, in a few episodes from now. The second season of the movies that made us is back. They are Back to the Future, Pretty Woman, Jurassic Park, and Forrest Gump. Now, here's the thing. I love all four of those movies. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Who I mean, doesn't? they're choosing ones that are like, you know, everyone loves. I know, I know some people got problems with Forrest Gump. They think it's overrated. Whatever. I don't care. If it's on, I end up watching Forrest Gump. Of course. Yeah. These are all movies that came out when I, I don't know about Pretty Woman. The other three came out when I was a very impressionable age. So I remember all of them very well. And I think we had two of them on Laserdisc. Really? I had a Laserdisc yeah. player. Yeah, of course you did. I was the only person I know that had a Laserdisc player. I tried to watch one less than a year ago at my brother's house. Yeah. It looked like a VHS tape. I know. It's like, forget it. You if, know? if you watched it on an HDTV, you realize that high def back then was like 480. <laughs> so when you put it on a, on a 4K TV, it just looks horrible. Yeah, I had a uh, eight-disc version of Aliens. It was like their special wow. edition and everything. Oh my God, I freaking loved this thing. But you had to flip the disc every 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. That's a thing. Yeah. It's like, then like, then like eight years later, it's like on DVD and I'm like, they got the whole thing on one CD. Yeah. And I'm like, what? And a better <laughs> quality too. Anyway, yeah. yeah, I'm glad you had a Laserdisc player. I still have my Laserdiscs, by the way, if anybody wants to buy them. Oh, great. Well, I have the Star Wars trilogy, all the Indiana Jones movies, the Untouchables, Aliens, I think I got gone with the wind for some reason. I don't know why, but anyway, laser okay. discs were great at the time. At the time, yeah, yes. that was big balling. All right, I'm looking forward to that Matt Damon thing, Stillwater, which we'll talk about someday. And then also, uh, just in general, a lot of the stuff that we loved last year, like Ted Lasso, The Morning Show, etc., it's coming back for season two. A lot of Apple stuff really is coming back for season two. It'll be interesting to see if we like it as much this year as we did when we were all stuck in our houses. Cause I can tell you if the tiger King came out right now, no one would watch it. I would shoot myself in the face <laughs> before watching watch the tiger King. Okay. <laughs> but remember last year it was like, we had nothing to hold on to at besides... the very beginning of the pandemic. Yes, I know. It's yeah. like, Oh, tiger. I can't believe we watched that. Ugh. yeah. God, those are dark days. Those are dark days. I am going to start watching Ted Lasso tomorrow. Season two though. Okay. Maybe we'll review it. I don't know. What do you think? Do yeah. we need to review it, season two? Yeah, I think we probably will. Okay, cool. Good, because I'm going to watch it. You want to know why? Because it's a fun show, right? Let's hope it's as good as season one. Well, I started watching it already. Oh, well, don't tell me anything. We'll review it. Okay, cool. One other thing. Sorry, I know. I just read the other day, HBO Max and Warner Brothers had been releasing movies straight to the app right when they're out in the theater. You know, Wonder Woman 1984, Godzilla vs. Kong, you know all that. That's going to stop next year, and I think it sucks. It sucks that it's stopping? It sucks that it's stopping because I like it. It's a handy thing to have. I mean, the last big thing they're going to really release, I think, well, they're going to do Dune, I think, but Suicide Squad, the second one, is going to come out August 6th, and I'm definitely going to watch that. Hint, hint, Joe, watch it too so we can review it. Suicide Squad? Yes. James Gunn is making this one, so it should be better than that pile of crap the last one was. Okay. Speaking of things in theaters, I forgot to mention. Yeah. Um, this movie theater over here at the plant. Oh yeah. Bo Burnham inside is playing over there. Really? So stuff is going from Netflix to theaters now that came out last year. 
Didn't come out last year, Joe. It came, it came out, out May 30th. Six weeks ago? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's at the theater now, which is a weird place you to watch, watch it. You can watch that at home, folks. Yeah, that's not a theater. It, it kind of takes away from it, I think. Yeah, I think the whole point is you're at home watching him at home. You right. know what I mean? Makes way, you want to yeah. feel that isolation with him. You want to share You want to be alone together with yeah, Bo Burnham. Sure. All right. Awesome. Come, let's get out of here. All right. Well, recap, dude. Okay, Bo Burnham inside. We both loved it. It was the movie of the time for 2020, even though it just came out in May, apparently. Uh, that's on Netflix. That's a binge. This is Pop, an eight-episode docuseries also on Netflix. Watch that. When you get around to it, watch it. It's good, especially if you like music. If you like music, also watch on Hulu. McCartney 321. McCartney 321. Demo says it's amazing and he doesn't really love the Beatles or music. I uh, like music. Uh, anyway, it must be good. He says it's a binge. So three binges today. Thank God. Yeah, we need some positivity. I'm tired of just purging, dude. Well, let's see what happens next episode. Okay, where can they find us, Joe? Uh, Spotify, uh, YouTube, audio only. iTunes, of course. Google Play, Listen Note, iHeart Podcasts. A bunch of other places that post it without our permission to make money off of it. Stitcher. Stitcher. Yeah, it's another one. So it's just out there. Don't worry. None of uh, those ad revenues go to us. So uh, listen to it somewhere and uh, tell a friend, please. You can follow us on Instagram at Binge or Purge Podcast, on Twitter at Binge or Purge, and email us at Binge or Purge Podcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Just the Facts. You can follow Just the Facts on Instagram at the Jesse Greer. That's Jesse with a Y. So for Joe Taylor, my name is Demo. This has been Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Boop.